Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Charity that deals with addiction treatment says cocaine is now as accessible as a packet of cigarettes. Now, um, we want to find out where are they getting it? Pubs? Nightclubs? It's not just our cities. Our uh, rural towns and villages have just as big a problem. And there are more young people using the drug now than ever. And we're asking what needs to be done to crack down on uh, this problem. Our number is 087-1400-106 on WhatsApp. Um, The reason we're mentioning this is that the number of men admitted for cocaine addiction treatment in the first three months of the year is more than double the figure for the same period last year, according to the chief executive of a national drug recovery charity. Uh, Between January and uh, March, there were 28 men admitted to Cool Mine Lodge, the male residential rehabilitation centre for cocaine addiction, representing 54% of admissions for the same time last year. So an awful lot more people now being treated for uh, cocaine addiction. And it is everywhere. And that's really what we want to uh, discuss with you on 087-1400-106. That's our uh, WhatsApp number. Uh, You can call us um, directly on 1800-453-106. Michael joins me on the line. Michael, you're a, a taxi driver. Um... Is from what you see, is cocaine everywhere? Everywhere, everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Young lads, young girls, middle-aged guys, middle-aged women—they're all on it. And how, how how are you seeing this? I you just when you when a chap would ask you, could he keys in the car? Really? So hop into oh, yeah, the car yeah. and ask, can he can he take some cocaine? Do you mind? Yeah, can he put it on? Do you mind if I key this? I said, what? I just took out a little bag and he was just saying, want the keys? I said, no, 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 oh, Jesus Christ, no way. I should say, go on, just take one sniff. So I said, no, no, just wait till you get out. <laughs> wow, okay, so you're seeing this every weekend, I assume, are you? Yeah, every weekend, yeah, and during the week, weeknights, people going here and there and everywhere, and it seems to be very prevalent at the moment. And uh, do you... Do you know if somebody is on cocaine? Can you tell by them? Um, sometimes you would because they'd be you know, hyper and bouncing and, and fast and stuff. I'm not saying that they're all symptoms of it, but you, you'd know some lads. And you get money off a fella then, maybe say a tenner, and it's all wrapped up in a roll. Right. And you open it like, and you just rub your hand off it, spike powder on it. So I, I presume didn't talcum powder on it. So it is, I mean, it's been claimed that it is as easy to get your hands on uh, cocaine as it is to get your hands on a packet of cigarettes. Would you believe that to be true? Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. From from what you've seen, would you know, I assume you don't uh, take cocaine yourself, um, would you know where to go? I would know where to go, yeah, but I don't take it, but I, I would know where to go, yeah, absolutely. There a couple of weeks back, I found um, something in the back of the car, and I was wondering, what is that thing? And just kind of gone under the sea, so I wasn't 100% sure what it was. But but it was a scales. Now, a really small scales, you know. When you say scales, weighing scales? Yeah. Right. But the same size now as the top of a paintbrush. Do you know that kind of a scale? And this is used for? 
So I suppose weighing it out. And somebody left somebody it in, in the back of your car? Yeah, somebody obviously dropped it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, st- stay there for a second, uh, Michael. Our number is uh, 87 106 That's a free WhatsApp if you want to uh, get in contact with us. Dean is on the line. And Dean, uh, you used to uh, have uh, issues with cocaine. Tell me a little bit about your story. It was... It, like like the taxi driver was saying, you know, it was it was everywhere then, you know, and it's it's getting worse now. Like today, oh yeah, I started taking. I think it was fifteen, sixteen, and uh, it was it was what everybody was doing. You know, you you were in with the the kill the kill kids, if you want to say. You know, you're in with the lads if you're you're taking cocaine. Like and it was just you know. You are you are weird if you didn't take cocaine. Like, really, kind of thing. It was that it was that yeah. common. Yeah. Where when I was yeah. a, when I was a young fella, you the the cool thing to do was to smoke cigarettes, which unfortunately I did. But um, it, it, you're saying when you were fifteen, sixteen, the cool thing to do was do cocaine. Yeah, every and then you know where everyone was going out. You know, I do do think back about it. You know, for the first few years, you'd go out and have a few drinks in the pub, then you'd go to the nightclub and then you'd go looking for it in the nightclub. You know, and, and then roll on a few more years, then you'd be taking it in the pub and in the nightclub. And then it became, I wouldn't go out without it. You know? Okay, so you really developed uh, a, a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did it get to an addiction stage? Were you addicted to using, to using cocaine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Cocaine, alcohol, it's, all of them, like, it's its all really the same. You know, it all does the same thing. But, uh, yeah, it got, it got really bad. And I only started to notice it in my 20s when uh, I had responsibilities that I couldn't take care of. You know, I didn't want, you know, anything, anything that didn't bring me in money or didn't help me take cocaine. I didn't want it in my life. You know, everything got pushed away, like. What was the um, straw that broke the camel's back with you? What made you uh, deal with it? It was, you know, I, I was leaving Dublin and I was going to, I was coming to Sligo where I'm living now and I was back and forth and, you know, I was down here and I was getting a little break and then going back to Dublin and everything was crazy. And then, you know, I, I got introduced to to a fellowship, to a 12-step fellowship and I, I found out, I only found out then what it actually was. You know, I'd never heard the word addiction. You know, what do you mean? You know, when I, I went into a, I went into a 12-step meeting and it was, you know, we have an addiction to drugs. You know, it, it's, it's stuck in there. You know, it's not, it, it starts off because you want to take it. But then for a lot of people like myself, you, you can't live without it, like and where are you now? And how are you now? And are you completely away from um, any drugs? Yeah, yeah, I'm good now. I'm I'm four years and seven months clean now. Oh, four, yeah, four years and seven months clean. And I just I I had to separate myself from everything associated with cocaine. You know, it it wasn't. You know, a lot of people would say, "Oh, you have to stay away from these type of lads and all." It's not the lads. It's just the scene. You know. The, lad, the lads are going through their own addiction problems that they just don't know about yet. Or maybe they do and they're afraid to come out and say it. Because, 
you know, like I said to you a couple of minutes ago, if you didn't take cocaine, you're weird, you know. You can't ring the lads and say, oh, lads, I'm taking too much cocaine, I want to stop. They'd laugh at you and say, oh, come on, we go for a point. Mm. And you'd be back on it that night, like, you know, it's... Okay, it's, so that, that, that's, that's how much it became a part of your entire life, basically. Oh, yeah, every, everything, everything. It's good to hear that you are uh, clean for that uh, length of time. We were talking about how widespread uh, this drug is and how easily available uh, it is. I have to be honest, I'm very naive. Uh, I've never done cocaine. Uh, I wouldn't know where to start uh, to get it if I wanted to get it, which I wouldn't. But um, what you're saying to me is it is extremely easily accessible for young people. Oh, yeah, like... Like you walk down the road, you walk down the road anywhere and ask a handful of people and they'll put you in contact with someone. You know, like, like any single person could go into their phone book. You know, even you or, or even me still today, even though I'm not around it, you could pick, say, seven, eight numbers and eventually you'd, you'd get it. Like, you know, there's always people everywhere that have it or know people that have it. And it, it, it's a drug that has always baffled me because it, it, it's a drug that has an air of respectability in that, you know, everybody does it. So it, it, it's not as uh, looked down on as a drug like heroin would be. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, like even, even cannabis, like people think, ah, it's only a bit of weed. That, I, I've seen people, you know, in in very bad states because of that as well. And, and I, I've been there as well. You know, it's, it's all, every single drug is the same. It all does the same thing to you. After a while, if, if you don't, if you fall into addiction. Okay, stay there for one second, uh, Dean. Angela is also on the line. Uh, Angela, you're the mother of a, a 21-year-old. Are you concerned about how common cocaine use is, when you, especially when you hear Dean's story? Yeah, well, I mean, everything Dean says, I mean, it does seem to stack up, Adrian. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's concerned. I mean, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely frightened with how um, available it is. And also, you know, from talking to my daughter, she would tell me and she would just speak openly about it. But, you know, it's it's part of the scene, as as um, that, that, that was saying, it's, you know, on a night out, it's as easy as to go get a drink as to, you know, have a supply of cocaine. Um, and, you know, even though she'd say to me, like, I mean, some of the people that she would be out with, some of them would, some of them wouldn't. Um, but she said, Mum, you know, just because they take drugs doesn't mean they're bad people. That's how normal it is in her world, you know? Like, right, OK, so... Yeah, so when I was younger, I would have, because I'm I've never into drugs. Cigarettes, unfortunately, were my drug of choice, uh, much to my regret. But um, <laughs> the point I was about to make is, I would have looked down my nose on on people who were using drugs when I was younger. Mm. Um, but you're saying mm. it's so normalised now that uh, your daughter wouldn't. No, not at all. I mean, it's just you know they they're they're working in the same areas as she would be like in a part-time job and probably that's how they can sustain the habit but like i think like you're saying when we were growing up it was a case of um you know you knew the people that probably did partake in, in drugs and hard drugs and they were generally the people that had maybe dysfunctional families or were from a poorer background or you know were were disadvantaged in some shape or form whereas uh, and and you could probably you know select your friends 
a little bit more um, easily or your friend group or maybe you wouldn't necessarily be associating so much with um, different different cohorts in society but now it's just it doesn't matter like what type of person it is they could be very successful academically um, they may be just part of the part of the crowd but it's still it's something they either do or they don't do they decide themselves and yeah exactly there's no sort of um there's no there's stigma no there's no stigma associated no, with uh, with with using cocaine no no i don't see it i don't see them talking about it i think they socialize equally with the people that do or the or the people that don't you know it's it's all on a level and how do we um, ch- how do we change that um uh, normalization of this god uh, uh, it seems I, very difficult to me i it, it would be very very difficult to change it i mean you know, there's people talking about legalizing it or, you know, having a bit more control of it if it's legalized. I don't see how that could happen or, you know, that that's up to, you know, some greater authority than me now to put those kind of plans or solutions in place. Um, sometimes, you know, in a lot of ways, how do you roll back the tide? You know, you can't go back to the 1950s. That doesn't happen. I think you just have to, you know, educate people a little bit more about the dangers. But, you know, you'll also see in the friend groups and they are aware of there are people that can take it and still sustain. Like it's like people can go out and they can get drunk of a weekend regularly and they can still sustain their normal life outside of that. And there are people that take drugs that can sustain their normal life Mm. outside of that. And then there are the others that do fall foul of the addiction and, you know, rock up significant bills and end up in a complete spiral and it has a huge effect on them. Not everybody that takes drugs is going to end up in a spiral of dysfunctionality. No, of course um, not. But but it can, as we heard from uh, Dean, it can happen. In fact, uh, Dean, I wanted to just bring, bring you back in for a second. Um, I want you to imagine that there's an 18, 19-year-old listening to us now who regularly um, takes cocaine at weekends and whatever. How do you get a message through to that person that this is this is bad news? You, you school them on addiction, Adrian. Simple, simple as like they, they don't have a clue about addiction. You know, you ask them as well. You know, why are you taking it? You know, but to sit them, sit them down without their friends. Ask them why are they taking it? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, "Oh well, Jimmy takes it or Mikey takes it," and you know, you you take that back. You know, if you were to separate a group of friends of five, let's say, and separate them all, they'd all have the same answers. Mm. Oh, well, they take it and I want to hang with them. If I stopped talking, taking cocaine, they wouldn't hang around with me. They wouldn't ring me to come out. You know, they'd think, they'd think because he stopped ho- taking cocaine that he's going to look down on us because we're taking drugs and he's not. You know that kind of way? Mm. All right, but stay, stay with me for a second if you can, please. Our uh, WhatsApp number is 087-1400-106. A few of your messages coming in on this. We're talking about uh, the cocaine epidemic in this country. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was on a bus which was stopped at traffic lights, says this message. I observed a delivery rider doing a delivery. No takeaway was handed over. There was a handshake, and the rider counted three 20-euro notes as he walked down the path. The recipient had a little bag in his hand. This was at four o'clock in the afternoon. Another message says, I was going into my place of business one morning lately only to find a small bag of what I assume was cocaine on the street. 100 euros worth, I was told. It must have fallen out of someone's pocket. And um, final message for now, it's easier to get cocaine. 
Um, you can't get cigarettes delivered, says James, implying that you can get coke. As we just heard from that other message, you can get uh, cocaine delivered. The number of men t- admitted for cocaine addiction at uh, Cool Mine Lodge has dramatically increased in the first three months of uh, 2023, a 54% increase on uh, the same period last year. Ireland, um, a a recent report from the United Nations, uh, found that Irish people are the joint fourth highest consumers of cocaine globally. Joint fourth highest. Uh, 2.4% of Irish people reported having used cocaine during the previous year, according to figures from 2019. I would imagine that figure is a lot higher today. Uh, But back in 2019, 2.4% of Irish people reported having used cocaine during the previous year. And we're talking about that epidemic of uh, cocaine use and how we uh, deal with it, really. This message from Laura kind of says it all. It says, I work and go out at night with nurses, doctors, teachers, guards. It's a high middle class society drug. It's become a posh thing to do, says uh, Laura. And that was the point that we were making earlier on, uh, that when you talk about a drug like um, heroin, it is a drug that has a horrible stigma attached to it, Um, a deserved stigma, I suppose, some people would argue, but cocaine doesn't. And we're trying to get our heads around why that is. I was walking down the Quays at 11am a few weeks ago and got offered drugs. I wasn't hanging around or looking for it. I was just walking down the road. I couldn't believe it, says that message. Jim, uh, you are a former prison officer. Why, why did you get in touch with us this afternoon? Yes, sir. How, how you doing? Good, um, thank you. I am. I am. I suppose I'm going to have to be a bit honest about this. Um, people say they're shocked by being offered drugs. I live in a very, very small place in the west of the country. Um, I'm just going to say I live in Leitrim, a tiny, tiny little village. If I was to pick up the phone right now, I could get you two different types of cocaine and sex services. Um, I believe people are kidding themselves. It's, we need to be realistic about this. Uh, my next prison officer, and I, I served in Mount Joy, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I sat and literally watched Say, for example, if we had 50 to 55 prisoners on landing, I've literally sat and watched 30, (laughs) it's horrible, 30 in my sheer needles. It's, cocaine is the least of their worries. It's, there's so much more coming. I know from talking to prison officers who now work there, there's crack cocaine, it's, it's incredible. People are worrying about cocaine, it's, there's a lot worse to come. As Larry Dunn said one time famously, um, if you think we're bad, Wait, you see what's coming come out after. Yep, yep. Um, as a matter of interest, Jim, you say now in a small village in County Leitrim, you could pick up the phone and uh, have cocaine I- instantly. How? How how do you even have these uh, th- these phone numbers? Have you used it yourself? No. The, uh, Cocaine, absolutely. I'm an ex-prison officer, so I have uh, smoked cannabis. I have took cocaine. We worked massive shifts. Cocaine, I'm not going to say it's prolific. Well, yes, I am. It was prolific to keep us going. We were working 16, 17 hours a day. Um, The violence that was incredible. You're scared on a regular basis. 
And yes, we did use cocaine. I was aware of officers bringing cocaine in to prisoners because if you buy something, say, for example, a hundred euro on the street, if you bring it indoors, as we call it, it's worth 300 euro. Absolutely. It was, I went to a very famous prison officers, guards and nurses pub. Um, I don't want to say where it is. No, in Dublin. please don't. <laughs> no, I won't. And you literally, if you went to the toilets, you could hear the clink clink and the chop of the, the, the blade or the, the card cutting the cocaine. It is prolific. And Absolutely let me ask you then, uh, okay, so uh, while you were uh, working, you were taking cocaine, do you still take it? No, 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 I'm a grandfather now, no, no, <laughs> no, it was, at the time, I suppose the buzz was on in the 90s without getting too, too much into it, my wife worked a very high profile job, um, we had plenty of money and we worked hard, fast. And we, yeah, I did, yes, absolutely took cocaine. And by the way, I'd like to make it very clear that I worked with prison officers, guards, etc. And it was not even looked at if we'd done a line of Charlie. Not even looked at. When we were in the prisons, I'd also like to say, when prisoners were walking up and down by us, smoking weed, joints, we didn't even look at that. We didn't even count that as a drug. Not even look at it not once twice or anything and the other thing I'd like to say publicly because I've been watching say this for a while is that you and my wife sitting here beside me it would not be possible to hold a prison in Ireland unless there was heroin in it or cocaine in it you would not they literally would take the prisons over so there you go okay um, it's shocking to hear you describe how widespread it is uh, amongst people that um, their job, like yours, is to maintain law and order. Yeah, well, look, I'll put it this way, and I'm going to tell you the truth here again, and it's embarrassing my wife is sitting looking at me, nodding and say, tell them, about, say, if there was a bust and we found drugs, cocaine, etc., um, only 50% of that made it to, we'll say, it, you know, to the authorities, the rest, parties, etc., and we used it. It's as simple as that. Right. Okay, Jim, stay on the line there for one second if you can, please. Uh, our WhatsApp number is 087-1400-106. Uh, this message says, the fight against drugs just doesn't work. Uh, that ex-prison officer is uh, right. Another message says, we really need education for young people. My son is 21 and is in rehab for the third time. At only 21. Um, and <clears throat> let me go to Tara, who's on the line in uh, Leash. Tara, why did you get in touch with us? got in touch with you. Um, I'm in nine months in recovery at the moment from cocaine. Um, I've done a 12-week programme in Limerick, in Bure, in Kulmira. Um, cocaine nowadays is like going in and asking for a latte or a bag of sweets in the shop. It's so easy, got, And it's not mentioned enough. I'm wearing three kids myself and one of them is nearly 16 and I'm sure she has, she would be able to get it if she was looking for it. Not saying she will ever look for it, but if she was to look for it, I'm really sure she would be able to get it. It's that easy come across like. So tell me about <clears throat> about your journey, your addiction um, and why you ended up in treatment. How, how bad was your uh, consumption of cocaine? Um, I was an everyday thing. It came to the la- at the last of my active, when I was in active addiction to taking cocaine every day. Um, without drink or without anything. Um, 
And I knew the next step for me was either heroin or one foot in the grave. Uh, well, I had one foot in the grave, so it was either a grave or heroin for me next. So what happened, I took a major seizure on a family holiday. And that led me the following week to ring Cool Mirror in Bury in County Limerick. And they admitted me the following week and I completed a three-month programme. And it was the best thing that I ever done. And you're clean how long? Nine months. Nine months. Very good. That's yeah, fantastic yeah. to hear. And how are yeah. you feeling uh, being clean? I feel great. I've never felt like this the 32 years of my life. Never. Uh, we were mentioning how this drug has an air of respectability. And what I mean by that is it's, it's so widespread in its use in all uh, levels of society and indeed in all uh, types of careers and whatever. How do we get the message across that this is actually an extraordinarily dangerous drug that can kill you, which is where you were nearly at? Yeah, it is. And it, it is so important for, like I remember one of them saying there, it should be in the schools. Modules should be done in a TY year. Modules like an addictions. Um, it's like a module, like I done 12 modules down in Limerick. Them 12 modules I would recommend and I would nearly fight for them to go into TY year in school because it's so many young people that is losing their lives to cocaine. People is, is brand name and heroin. Cocaine is as bad as heroin today because it can kill you too. Okay, so how do we get that message across? Because people do have that impression of uh, heroin as a drug, that it is uh, a one-way journey, um, your, your addiction just gets more severe and you will eventually kill yourself if you continue to use it. Definitely. Cocaine doesn't have that reputation. How do we convince people that it is just as bad? Get on top of it, really. It's the government that I blame, to be honest. They should have it, have it highlighted more um, to be brought into schools. And I think a TY year, instead of going out foreign on holidays and putting expensive expense on parents to pay for trips out foreign, they should be putting the payment into, putting modules into TY year instead of going out foreign on trips. If you were standing in front of a TY class, what would you say? I would give them my experience. I'd, give them, I'd share my whole story with them and I would, I would tell them like where it brought me and how it would affect not only me, but my kids, my partner, my family. When I came home, my kids and my family were as sick as I was, even sicker than I was. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, I think that's part of the, the battle against cocaine is convincing people that it is an extremely dangerous drug. Yeah, 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 definitely. Stay there for one second. I want to read out some uh, more of your messages. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, three school teachers, says this message, who are addicted to cocaine. Two in primary. That's just an idea of the problem. I personally don't use it myself, but I have in the past. It's a serious problem. My suggestion would be for the government to give out free drug testing kits so that people can see it. Um, they are putting it, uh, see what rubbish they're putting into themselves. Uh, what will happen is it will eventually filter out the dealers who are cutting it and cutting it again and again. You'll find uh, that those dealers' business will dry out, uh, making it easier for the guards to find the source more, um, says that message. We really need education for young people, says another message. Um, that's the only solution. And pubs and hotels would be um, a good place to start. There's a blind eye turned by the proprietors to what is going on. And a final message for now. Shame on that ex-prison officer bragging about taking cocaine on uh, duty. Is he still on the line, actually? He is. You, what do you say to that um, message, uh, Jim, that you're bragging uh, about no, taking cocaine I'm not, on duty? No, definitely not. No, I'm telling you the honesty of it. 
Um, <laughs> it was a very, very stressful job. And, and I suppose anybody thinks they're impervious to, to you know, the, 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 the love of cocaine or any drugs, they're kidding themselves. Um, it's, I suppose... It's okay, so you, you, you're arguing you're not bragging about it, you're merely stating the facts. That is it, yeah. yeah. That, I just want to point out, though, this is literally under every parent's nose. It's there. The cocaine is there. A 14-year-old child in North Leitrim knows how to get you a bag of cocaine. Literally. Lit- I, I said to my wife, when I listened to, I suppose, you talk about cocaine, I said, by the time that man finished his sentence, I could have two bags of cocaine. And she said, ring up and tell him. So I'm not bragging. I'll just tell you how it is. How it is. All right. Uh, Jim, it's thanks. everywhere. It's everywhere. Thanks very much indeed for your call. Uh, 087-1400-106 is our WhatsApp number. Um, 9 a.m. I can buy cocaine or crack five yards from my doorstep. Uh, the a gang deal here till nine o'clock at night. Some mornings there's a queue and taxi after taxi coming and going with people buying. Gardaí turn a blind eye. It's an absolute joke. The place is in bits. Uh, never seen the drug problem so uh, bad. And I was here in the 80s, says that message from somebody living in the Dublin 17 uh, area. And uh, one final message for now. How are people affording all this cocaine? I thought we had a cost of living crisis. Even if I wanted to take it, I couldn't afford it with rent, bills, food and everything else, says uh, Caroline in uh, Swords in Dublin. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.